Hello, I am Joshua. And I'm Jamie. And, and we're, we're going to do, do Daredevil. Daredevil. is uh, hi guys it's such a generic uh, sorry hello everybody um, hi <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about daredevil volume one issues 25 to 36 and annual number one um annual number one kind of came out uh you got to 32 right came hmm? out after issue 32 i i had it down as between 34 and 35 oh, okay but it was you're, you're probably right i was just yeah. i was just guessing there um and this is from february 1967 to january 1968 probably on the 10th as as well except the annual i don't know when that came out um we uh ended the last one talking about the um uh what was it it was 25 24 which was the the letter and the letter yeah and foggy and karen um and then um uh, matt arrives back in uh, new york after his flight from kevin and um uh, as he gets to the airport, as he as the plane lands and he's uh, disembarking, there is a guy leaping around, testing out his his crazy new uh, invention, which is uh, leaping shoes, kind of like uh, Spring Hill Jack boots or something. But and uh, what was great about that was, you know, he's called the Leapfrog. Mm-hmm. That's the name he gives himself. Yeah. But when we first meet him, you know, right, he's in normal clothes. He mm-hmm. has his his shoes with springs on him. He's not committing any crime. No. All he's doing is just practicing. Yeah. He wants to see how powerful he is when he wears his spring shoes. Yeah. So he's just jumping around. Yeah, just jumping around. And of course, it just so happens he's doing it at the airport right as Matt Murdock is walking down Mm -hmm. the stairs from the airplane. Yeah. And a few people are worried because there's a blind man nearby (laughs) and they don't don't want him to get Oh, no. Protect the blind man. Um, And of course, we are, Matt doesn't know this, but he's heading into the office to uh, see Karen and Foggy where he is going to be told that spider-man has sent this letter revealing that yeah that's where we were left the issue at the end of issue 24 the big cliffhanger was foggy and karen are told based off a letter they open from spider-man directly to matt murdoch that he knows his secret that spider-man knows that daredevil is indeed matt murdoch yeah so what's going to happen now so matt has to come up with a with a plan to to get out of this but in the meantime uh, before he can even say anything he, uh, oh no, he actually says straight away, doesn't he? He says, I've got to think fast. And he says, well, yeah. it's time to He gets to caught off know. guard. He, uh, yeah. he has no idea this is coming. And he he just comes up with an idea on a, 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 a split cool, second. It's such a great idea. It, it is and such a great idea. And it's such a great idea that it's going to go for the next, <clears throat> well, at least 12 more issues. Yeah. You know, more, even more yeah. than that. <laughs> it, go, it goes on. Um, he, he says, well, I guess I should tell you about my... Uh, secret twin brother who is very very private and didn't want anyone to know that he is around his name's mike mike murdoch yes 
And uh, Foggy is the first to speak up and say, um, you what? know, I, that can't be right because yeah. I went to college. You never mentioned him. I've yeah. known you for years. Uh, hey, buddy, that's <laughs> a little. Um, Mike Murdoch is uh, it's uh, and there, there is some great stuff coming up in with the, the, the only good stuff with this character coming up is how absurd it gets where it's like. Matt pretending to be Mike, pretending to be someone to pretend to be dead, or <laughs> yes. that's pretending to be, and it just gets ridiculous. But Mike Murdoch is this this uh, Matt, this this brilliant young lawyer mm-hmm. who can talk his way into the hearts and minds of any judge and jury in the country. You're right. We haven't witnessed it, yeah. but we we get told repeatedly by multiple people that these guys are almost world famous now. Yeah. Nelson and Murdoch are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and especially Murdoch is considered the the shining star of the mm-hmm. firm. Um, he quickly says, yeah, I have a twin brother. His name's Mike. Um, he didn't want you to know about it. And they go with it. Everyone's like, oh, okay, right, fine. Well, when do we get to meet him? And he says, oh, I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll, I'll ask him. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, 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 the leapfrog has decided, has given himself a name. And this is one thing I really liked about the, the artwork, which was, uh, of course, uh, at this stage, it's Gene Colan for a, uh, quite a while on the series. Yeah. And, and, um, we'll, we'll talk about him in a little bit more. The one thing I did want to say was that the the drawing of the leapfrog when he gets into his costume is incredible. The yeah. mask is... I mean, this is an absurd character. It's a guy that has springs on his feet, and he decides that in order to go with the whole frog motif, he's going to wear flippers because that will really help and uh, and look like a frog. But it it may, he manages to make him look a lot more menacing than this guy really should. For someone yeah. that's dressed as a frog, he, he pulls off something that's kind of quite dramatic in the in the artwork. It's more complex than Daredevil's outfit, but it's all one color. Yeah. Just like how Daredevil, <clears throat> even Daredevil's Ds are the same color. Yeah. Everything about the leapfrog is all green. Yeah. So you have red versus green. Yeah. Which on the page looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Gene Colan? Yeah, yeah. Um, similar to, I know last uh, episode we talked a lot about John Romita, who did eight issues. Gene Colan was also at DC uh, mm-hmm. before he did Marvel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stanley convinced him to come join Marvel. And it was, it was kind of funny. I was, I was reading some articles about Gene. And um, he said that he had a meeting with, with Stanley. And uh, Stanley was like, you know what? You should leave DC. And come, uh, and come join us at Marvel. Mm-hmm. And so Gene Colan's like, all right, well, what's the incentive? You know, you know, what do I get out of it? And Stan basically goes, well, if you're looking for more money, you're not going to get it. Yeah. But just so you know, <laughs> DC at some point is going to fire you. And when they do, you're going to have to come to us anyways. And, and, and that was basically it. Yeah. G- G- Gene, actually, uh, it's a little, Gene actually calls him on the phone later, and he does end up, I think, getting some more money. Mm-hmm. It was all a bluff. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of funny and also talks a little about Stan Lee's, Stan Lee's personality yeah. at that point in his yeah. life, too. It's kind of um, fun. And we start to see little bits of that more in, in, in both the writing and also he makes a couple of appearances where the, the characters, the, the creators in the Marvel Universe are becoming part of the cast of the characters and we see that with uh, how they present stan it's pretty fun right yeah um and uh, uh, gene colon is is i mean he's a pretty established artist at this stage he's someone that's been working for a long time in in comics and in um, advertising i believe yeah he did do a lot of advertising and, and one thing that i that i noticed um about his artwork was when he took over it really really changed page layouts changed mm-hmm. with him uh, with John Romita, we started to see bigger panels, but with with Gene, 
he had so many more splash pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, several per issue. Whereas before, yeah. you'd maybe see one. Yeah. Usually at the beginning or the end. Yeah. But with Gene, a lot more splashes, a lot more pages with just two or three panels. Mm-hmm. And they weren't like the normal square shape mm-hmm. or like, re- you know, rectangles that were all similar. Like a, a page would have one long panel, yeah. two small ones, and then a medium-sized one. And it was kind of refreshing because that's what we're used to today with comic books. Now yeah. comic books are just as few of panels as they can put on a page is what mm-hmm. they like to do because it's so, you know, people don't want to read anything anymore. They just want to look, <laughs> they just want to look at pictures. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that, 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 uh, I thought it was a good mix, you know? Yeah. Yeah. His panel uses was a good mix. And, you know, you know, one thing we never really went over, you know, back then when they wrote comic books was a lot different than they do it now. The writer would go to the artist, at least at Marvel, this is how they did yeah, do it. The I, writer would go over to the artist, give him a, synop- a quick synopsis and be like, all right, this is the beginning, the middle and the end, you know, do what you can. And then the artist would take that idea and then basically write the story. Yeah. They would draw the whole thing out, all 20 or so pages, give them to the writer, and then the writer would then write the script based off of the um, off the panels, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a lot different than how it's done now. Now, yeah. now a writer tells the, the artist exactly what he or she wants drawn on each individual panel and how yeah. many panels are on a page. But back then, at Marvel, the artist did all that. They, yeah. they did all that, so they really should be credited as co-writers. Yeah, and this is this was known as the Marvel way back then. Yeah, it was, and and in the um, we'll, we'll get to more of the the meaty story, but in the annual, there's a little backup strip, which is it's it's fantastic where um, uh, Gene Colan goes to Stanley's house to deliver some artwork, and Stan's like, "Why didn't you mail it?" And he's like, "I don't trust the mail, and I don't have a stamp." <laughs> and and they, they have a cup of coffee, and Stan charges him for the cup of coffee. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's kind of funny thinking back to, to issue 18 mm-hmm. when uh, he left. Uh, Stan Lee only did the first seven pages, and Dennis O'Neill took over yeah. and did the rest. If you think of how comics were written back then at Marvel, he got all the 20 pages. He, I mean, how long does it take to write the panels or write the, the dialogue for each panel? I mean, he, he had to go on vacation after doing just seven pages. Yeah. He couldn't do all 20. <laughs> he was doing more odd. books, but yeah, um, but yeah he show, it shows them meeting up and they're talking about like the, the Marvel ma- the Marvel method, the Marvel writing method. And they, they make a really good, uh, it's kind of a fun joke where mm-hmm. basically Stan says, it, you know how this goes. I've come up with an idea and he says, you know, we do this. And Gene's like, well, how does that happen? And he says, you can figure yeah, it out. Yeah, you figure it out. <laughs> and what about this part? Well, you get to that bit. And what about the ending? Oh, you, I'm sure you've got it. And it's basically, mm-hmm. it, it plays a light on the idea that, that Stan was the writer in the loosest sense mm-hmm. of, of the, the, the word. Um, One thing I noticed, uh, too, was uh, Gene, you know, he penciled all 12 of the issues we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. But we had three different inkers. Yeah. And it wasn't like one worked and then the next worked. They kind of spliced back and forth. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder why they did that. Maybe they have just availability or... It might have been, yeah, just a workload. The, and you can really see some differences as well in um, in the artwork from, from the inking point of view. Some of it looks um, not rushed. It's more, there's like a different energy that you're used to a little cleaner. I mean, John Romita became very much the house style of Marvel after you, you had Jack Kirby as the master of right. Marvel for a long time. And then John Romita's style became like a house style and the, the how to draw comics the Marvel way is based very much on his style. Um, and this has a more um, a kind of 
everything feels kind of fluid and washy and, and the the perspectives are warped slightly and it kind of works well for Daredevil, I think, mm-hmm. because it's it gives this sense of like, uh, you know, it, it sense is kind of off. Everything is off kilter. Your senses are kind of off and heightened through the artwork. And I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, it took a while to get used to after Ramita, but yeah. I started to enjoy it. I, re- that, I think it helped seeing that, that image of the leapfrog. I was aware at that point that, you know, Gene could do some, some uh, Colin could do some really amazing what stuff. What did you think of the leapfrog, the character, though? You know, I didn't think he was great, but I did love the, um, I think it's in the, is it in the next issue? where Yeah, it's in the next issue when, um, basically at the end of this issue, uh, Daredevil beats the leapfrog, and then he says, I'm going to, Matt says, I want to defend him. I want to go to court. Um but he, and also, um, we should mention that he introduces, he, he develops the persona of Mike Murdoch at this stage and mm-hmm. shows him he's like this hipster clown brother. Um, and when the leapfrog is in on trial, he tricks the the court into letting him try the shoes on to prove that he's not the leapfrog, and he jumps out of the window. But the the shoes aren't on properly, <laughs> and this is my favorite. Thing. Yeah, I love this. Part. This sequence is fantastic because yeah. it's like it's it's a couple of the goofiest <coughs> characters. You have Stiltman has been sent by the Mass Marauder. He was rescued. And and, and this was funny because I couldn't, even though I read that issue and I and I kind of like was like, okay, it's Stiltman, you know, whatever. I forgot that he got shrunk down. That ended that issue. Yes, ended. and they do a great job of talking about what he did while he was in that temporary limbo. Yeah, and I there was a moment where I was reading it, it was like, are they going to reveal that it's not him? Because you never see him out of the costume in this. Mm-hmm. And Gene Cohen draws Stiltman so much more menacing and so oh, much yeah. more he's, dangerous. He, he's looking. big with angles too. Yeah, you know. Uh, Previously, I mean, John Romita touched on this a little bit, but most of the time when you take a look at a panel, everything is a front view mm-hmm. or, si- or, you know, like a, like a side view. Yeah. But he really, you know, I don't like to use the term brings the camera, but he brings the camera up high and brings yeah. the camera down low yeah. and shoots from these angle or and draws from these angles that you're right, makes it look more menacing and so much depth to the panels. Yeah. Yeah, and they did, and and uh, I mean, Stiltman looks menacing. Yeah, and, and he has this incredible uh, weapon now that he's he's using. I, I can't remember if he even had it in the first. Uh, I, I can't remember either, but it's yeah. a super powerful gun. Yeah, you know. and it and you get a sense that Daredevil is in danger, and it's kind of funny because like every time he appears, and and even after this, there's this real sense of like them trying to build him up as being a lot more menacing than he is. And if you read the words and just think Stiltman, you read it and you're like. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but Gene Cullen actually makes him look threatening. And what happens is that they have this... Um, he's, been, he's been rescued by the Mass Marauder from the river, from the Hudson Bay, I guess, or the whatever river he fell into after his fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Oh, no, sorry, he's been shrunk and, and revealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That comes later. Yeah, yeah so, so so he's he was shrunk really small. We find out See, that... I, I still can't remember, even though it, I just said it, I could what remember. What was the name of the... Uh, it was the molecular condenser. Yeah. The me- back in issue uh, is it eight. eight I, mm-hmm. I think it was eight. Uh, the <laughs> I don't remember his real name, but he Will Bidet? Maybe you might be right. He he, he uh, tricks Daredevil into sue or that tells Daredevil he wants to sue this guy for mm-hmm. stealing his technology. But it was all a red herring t- type of deal. Um, so 
the molecular condenser, which is one of the technologies that uh, he created or stole, yeah. I, I think he stole, yeah, um, he stole ends up getting used on him by accident and it shrinks him down. And Stanley and uh, Gene Colan do a great job of telling us, you know, exactly what he, you know, h- how he's still around. Because yeah. we thought that it basically made them disintegrate. Yeah. But it didn't make him disintegrate. What it did was it shrunk him down and he was in this limbo stage, yeah. just kind of chilling, kinda waiting like out until it, until it wore off. And then yeah. wore, once it wore off, he then, you know, grew back to normal size. Yeah. And luckily his hydraulic legs were still right. where he'd left them. So um, at, the start, at the start of issue 26... Uh, after which you mentioned after the trial when Leapfrog jumps out of the window and his and his uh, you know little Shoe flippers shoes come off because <laughs> they weren't they weren't calibrated correctly. Yeah, uh, he, 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 yeah he jumps out the window, hits the uh, hits the ground, and is breaks his leg. Yeah, he or breaks something. his leg. And, and Stiltman shows up and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing? I was coming here to, to yeah, break you out, you idiot." Yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna you know make you join my team so we could take down Daredevil, but now you're useless. Meanwhile, Daredevil shows up. They yeah. start, you know, you know, pow pow, you know, fighting, fighting each other, mm-hmm. and and uh, I guess you know, ultimately, what ends up happening is that Daredevil takes down Stiltman and beats him with some great panels of tying his legs yeah. together. He and does like the Empire Strikes Back move, right? Yeah, on the on the, the Imperial attacks. Walkers mm-hmm. or, or the or, yeah, full terrain. Attack transport, I believe. Someone can correct me on that. It's been yeah. a while. Uh, and, and he falls over. Daredevil wins. And luckily, when he falls over, the legs the retract. legs retract back to normal size because a button was pushed or something. Uh-huh. And and this is another instance where Daredevil's busy and doesn't know, notice what's going on. Yeah. And at that point, uh, what was his name? Frank Farnham. Farnham. Farnham pulls up, mm-hmm. takes Stiltman, Frank Farnham, for those of you who didn't hear the last p- podcast, he is the the landlord building manager of Nelson and Murdoch, or Nelson and Murdoch, excuse me, who's made a few cameo appearances up to this point. So he shows up at the crime scene in 26 at the end, grabs Stiltman, puts him in the car, mm-hmm. and we find out, you know, at this point that he's actually the mass marauder. Yeah. Another great point about why he was Daredevil's first arch nemesis. We yeah. actually met his alter ego, and we didn't know his alter ego yeah. was ends up being the Mass Marauder. Yeah. So similar, what Stiltman wanted to do with Leapfrog is exactly what the Mass Marauder does with Stiltman: mm-hmm. is grabs him, yeah. puts him in the trunk, and uh, and then they get out of this, get out of the, uh, the the crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but before he leaves, Spider or sorry, Daredevil is there and, is, and goes, "Hey, Frank." Frank yeah. Farnham, get, get out of here. This is a crime scene. Yeah, you shouldn't still be man's here. here. <laughs> yeah. And then Frank is like, how does Daredevil know who I am? Yeah. And that's when he starts to put two and two together yeah. and be like, well, you know what? Maybe, you know, we thought Nelson w- Murdoch was Daredevil. He's not Daredevil. But Nelson and Murdoch have to have something to do with Daredevil. Yeah. Which leads into the next issue where his plan is to kidnap Matt, Karen, and... Um, and Foggy, and mm-hmm. he says, "If I can get these three, then Daredevil will will know this is this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get these three. Um, I think they leave Frogman, don't they? Just leave Frogman behind. Yeah, he's, he's behind. Worthless. And, and uh, something about Leapfrog. Before we move on to 27, Leapfrog. Sorry, uh, he, he. For those of you, for those of you listening, there's really nothing to him other than his springs. Yeah. The, his flipper shoes with the springs give him the ability to jump really high and move very fast, apparently. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Yeah. But they make him, they play him off as being so difficult to beat. 
Mm-hmm. Like it seems like of all the foes, e- even the Matador, of yeah. all the, the foes that Daredevil's had to face, the Leapfrog should be one of the easiest. But for some reason, he's really hard for Daredevil. Yeah. It was a really tough battle. So I thought they made him a little bit too strong. Yeah. I mean, I think he almost beat Daredevil at one point. He gets away from him very easily and almost yeah. beats him. Um, so, Sorry, uh, back to issue 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mask Marauder and Stiltman have decided that they're going to um, kidnap the three, our three heroes. And uh, uh, Farnham has a helicopter, this incredible helicopter that he's going to fly around in with the three of them in there. But it's protected by a, um, a force shield. Yes. So he grabs the three of them, the three heroes, or Matt, Foggy, and Karen, and takes the helicopter up and then turns off the force shield so Stiltman can step out, which is fantastic. Yeah, it is a great moment. But one thing we need to mention is this force field has ability to... Um, disintegrate yeah it's stuff it's, that it's, it's a, a it's a energy field rather than yeah. a, a direct force field um so stiltman goes wandering around trying to uh kind of get daredevil to come out as well so daredevil their, their idea is that daredevil has heard that the three of them have been kidnapped and that stiltman is around um but rather than attracting daredevil who of course is on the helicopter they attract spider-man and spider-man takes on stiltman so they have a, a great fight there that's going on kind of almost you see a little bit of it, and then it cuts back to the three of them in the helicopter, but you get a sense that there's like this two-way battle going on. Um, the fight that's going on on the helicopter, now this is, I, I mentioned in the last episode about some quick changes. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> this episode has the, the fastest the change. The fastest change, think, oh yeah. Which is that um, Matt says, Farnham says, we're, we're, we're going to get, Daredevil to come out. Mass Marauder says we're going to get Daredevil to come out. We 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 want to find out who he is. And Matt says, "Oh, it's my twin brother," and everyone's super disappointed. Oh, especially Karen. Karen's just like, "How could how you? could you do that? <laughs> <laughs> how, how could you?" We didn't really mention it, but in in, in issue twenty six and in, in twenty seven, and we're going to go into a little bit more once we're done talking about twenty seven. But Mike Murdoch plays a big role in these in these two issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so where we're at at this point is that his Mike outs his quote unquote fake twin brother. Matt, Matt outs Mike. Sorry, yeah, Matt outs Mike. Yeah. And Karen is so disappointed, sees him as a coward, and in the internal dialogue that uh, Matt is thinking, he's like, "Dang it." Like, I don't know how I'm going to get Karen to ever love me yeah. after I've outed my brother, but this is the only thing I can do. This is the only thing I can think of. Yeah. So what happens is that Mask Marauder decides he's going to throw Matt out of the helicopter. They, they have a scuffle and he gets kind of thrown out of the helicopter. Right. And, and actually, right before they do that, um, Mask Marauder tells Stiltman, well, now we know who he is. Go find him. Go get him. Yeah. So, so Stiltman lowers him out, which you had mentioned, and he goes to a phone book. Oh, yeah, or a phone says, booth. There's no, there's no Mike. He goes. There, the he goes. There's no. He, there's no Mike in the in the uh, yeah. phone book. What am I supposed to do How now? Am I supposed to find this guy? <laughs> yeah. How can I find him <laughs> if he's not in the phone book? I don't know what to do. Um, Great so moment. So the fast change happens where Matt gets thrown out of the helicopter and he grabs the skid rail on one side, swings over to the other side, and changes during the swing. All in one swing. All in one swing into yeah. the Daredevil costume and swings through. Now the the, the the thing about Mike at this stage, Mike Murdoch, the absurd twin brother alter ego of Matt, that he blurted out when he was questioned about whether or not he was uh, Daredevil, is that um, Matt is using this alter ego for two things. One, to kind of hang out with Karen more. 
mm-hmm. um, and he, he senses that she's kind of into him a little yeah. bit. And the other, he's a fourth person to the love triangle. Yeah, between Matt, Foggy, and Karen, and now Matt's been, or and now Mike has been added to the mix. Yeah, and he's an absolute jerk. To he's Foggy. such a he's jerk. So like, he just calls him tubby, tubby, and, chubby, yeah. fatty. There's a bit in one of the later issues where they go, they go on a trip together, and he says, um, "Why am I carrying all the bags?" And he says, "Like, like well, tubby, you're already carrying all that extra weight." <laughs> and it's just like, damn, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, he's but, he's. The polar opposite of of okay. Matt. Yeah, he really is. Because Matt is, he's well to do, put together, very you know, reserved. Yeah, hair comb, nice and neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, My, Mike is just scruffy, scruffy, loose hair, Loud. constantly juggling. He's the type of guy that'd be playing with his gum and yeah. doing that type of stuff. Yeah. Complete and he, opposites, and and Matt's loving playing both characters at first he's loving playing both characters although he is having this internal dialogue where he's starting to question does care is karen starting to fall for matt or mike or daredevil yeah i may play all three of these but uh which one is uh yeah is 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 the one that she (laughs) actually is starting to like and meanwhile foggy's like Dang it! It's yeah, like, there's like, three people. I'm, there's three people that I'm competing <laughs> with now. Um, but yeah, what they what what um, what they use Mike for a lot is that to um, it's it's given that Mike is Daredevil. Uh, Karen and Foggy both accept that that's the case. They're they like, believe okay. it, and and they've actually seen. Yeah, they've seen Mike Murdoch get into or out of the daredevil costume. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a good way for Matt to get away to change when he's with either of them. So he starts to lean on it heavily a lot more. Um uh they they have this big fight. Now this is this is there's a great fight sequence in the helicopter where they're kind of struggling and the helicopter's going out of control. And this is a the Mass Marauder who has been such a thorn in Daredevil's side and has been a real arch nemesis to him. Um, during the fight, the helicopter tilts wildly and the Mass Marauder falls out and hits the force field. Right. And is gone, dead. You know what? And, and I'm a little bummed out about that. Yeah. He, he appeared in, I think, seven issues, mm-hmm. six or seven issues, and, and we're only up to issue 27. Yeah. So he was in you know almost a third of the issues, and uh, I was sad to see him go because yeah. I, I, I wanted Daredevil to have an arch nemesis. He's not the best, and he can, he, you know, we can replace him later. Yeah. But I just thought it was a little too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, re- and it's really interesting. That this is the first time you actually see it happen. You see him. Yeah. Like, there's no question. And if they, if they do bring him back, I'd, I'd, it'd be interesting to hear how they how they would do yeah. would do that. Yeah. And um, right before he falls out, uh, Karen takes off his mask mm-hmm. and reveals to to Matt and and everybody in there. That uh, it is indeed Farnham. Yeah. That Farnham is the man. So they know. Uh, well, I guess now they know why their building manager is not going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> now they know. That they, you they know, don't we've have been to pay rent. We, yeah, for a while. we've been trying to pay rent for so long. <laughs> Where'd this guy go? Uh, meanwhile, Spider-Man beats Stiltman. Don't really need to go into that too much. Daredevil comes in at the last minute, and well, uh, this let, is. Let me ask you this: What did you think of Colin's take on um, on Spider-Man? Because one thing I noticed was that he went he. It seemed like he went with the same type of build that mm-hmm. Bermuda Jr. did, where he was still bigger yeah. and stronger. He he almost looked identical to Daredevil, yeah. In, in terms of the, you know the way they moved and everything, I was hoping because you know the, the villains that that he draws 
you know, looks so drastically different. Yeah, so I was a little disappointed with his Spider-Man because I thought his Spider-Man, he could have went in and, and, you know, made him... You know how Todd McFarlane changed Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Did something like that. Yeah. Give him... Not make him more like a spider, but... Yeah, he was. He just mirrored Daredevil a little bit too yeah. much. Yeah, and I think that was just more to do with the fact that that was now becoming the the style of Spider-Man in the books. I don't know if the Incas were told to to kind of match that, or if okay. if Colin himself was told that. Um, now, Stiltman is beaten by he's standing astride one of the uh, the Manhattan bridges, and he's gets splashed with water as far as I could tell. It's yeah. Like, he gets splashed with he's water. He's just kind of laying there. Dang it, I'm defeated. Yeah, and it, the whole thing, his entire suit and gun malfunction and he shrinks down and falls into the, the river, right. into the bay. And um, Daredevil says, well, the police will get him and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next issue is kind of a, it's a contained story and it's it's a little odd. Yeah. It, I don't know why they introduced aliens. It was. It's a very weird one. All the way through, I kept thinking. Basically, what happens is that um, Matt is invited to go and give a lecture on the implications of uh, whether or not aliens, aliens from outer space, would need lawyers if they came to Earth. And there's a guy at the college who's talking about the. One of the professors is saying that there, there are actual aliens here, and everyone's laughing and saying this guy's a kook. Um, but when he gets there, he discovers that there are aliens, and they're planning to to extract minerals from the Earth. Um, to to replenish their own world, um, and the the result of that would be that half the population would die. So, Daredevil decides to stop them, and they're super strong. Yeah, um, they have a, a blind ray as well, which yeah, another blind ray because they need something. Yeah. To, but what was interesting was um, Daredevil. Uh, you know, he goes and does the guest lecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this other professor there, Professor. Uh, Brewster, I think it was, and he's just coo- everyone thinks he's cuckoo because he's the one who's mm-hmm. been see- have, having all these alien sightings or witnessing them, I guess. And anyway, so Daredevil is there and uh, ends up fighting these aliens, and they and they they have this mechanism that they can use to blind people, like mm-hmm. you said. And as soon as they shoot it at Daredevil, the head alien, or I guess whichever alien is is on top of their spaceship, goes, "Hold on a second. This isn't working. Yeah. You're already blind. Yeah. And he does that because he has visionatory sensors. Yeah. So that's something I've never, never I didn't know aliens had yeah. the ability to detect people's vision. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we, we learn something from this issue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the other thing, the other weapon that they have is a freeze ray. Um, yeah. Which is oh, just I kind lo- of. Random. I actually really like the freeze ray. Yeah. And Probably it's, my and it's part of the issue. Yeah, because it's it's slow working. So he yeah, gets hit by it. And such a great happened. idea. Yeah, normally you know you have Iceman, Mister Freeze. You know they zap you with their with their whatever they use, and and you're frozen. But with Daredevil, you're right. They they zapped him with it, and he's fighting. He's like, man, it's getting hard to fight. What's going on here? Yeah. It takes I don't know how long it takes. Thirty seconds, a minute. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, what happens is the aliens reveal their plan that they're going to blind the world, then rob the world. And there's this there's this one page where you see different people around the world going blind, and um, the lettering they have this lettering style to show the different cultures. It's like different <laughs> lettering style. So some of it looks like it's Sanskrit. Some of it looks like uh, um, I'm trying to remember, like a, almost like um, 
um, what is the the Japanese characters like that kind right. of look and um, but still written in English. Yeah, still written in English. It's kind of wonky and it kind of it's kind of weird because there's a lot of different styles in the pages. I think it was a better idea than it was uh, an executed plan. But um, so Daredevil he foils you know the aliens plans, yeah. but not before they release, which was their ultimate plan. They were. Well, uh, uh, no, excuse me. Their, their plan was to just steal the resources yeah. from the Earth. But um, he, uh, they used this, that vision-taking-away sensor thingamabob, and it blinds everybody on the planet, like you mm-hmm. said. And F- Foggy and, and, uh, uh, Karen, and Karen are on their way because they feel like Matt's in danger mm-hmm. at this lecture. And they're driving. And or they're in a taxi is being driven, and a taxi ends up hitting a tree when because the guy goes blind and they come out and they're, and they're so terribly worried. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh my goodness, everybody's blind. You know, like you know, we're, we're all blind. What do we do? And it was just it was just kind of a little on the kooky side. Yeah, and eventually what happens is um, the freeze ray hits the blind machine and breaks it, and the aliens are like, it's going to take too long to repair this. We should go. Yeah, and that's how he defeats them. And that was their only appearance. That's and their only appearance. They don't as really, as we know. Yeah. They don't really re- reference it too too much more. They're after not that. memorable. They're not even that interesting to look at. Unfortunately, this is it's not a terrible issue. It's yeah. kind of a, there's enough fun bits in it. I think the best part a, about the issue had nothing to do with the aliens. Is it was the beginning of of the comic where uh, Foggy and Karen go on a date. Oh yes. And and Daredevil or or Matt uh, or sorry Mike Mike <laughs> Mike as Daredevil. As Daredevil just kind of wants to see how the date's going. Yeah. Wants to spy on they're it. In a, they're, they're in, in a, a horse carriage. Yeah, and and it's yeah. it's they're in this horse carriage. This is a great thing where they he Daredevil jumps down into the carriage with them, and they're talking about his secret identity and about keeping it. Like saying we're so disappointed in Matt for revealing that Mike is really Daredevil. And while they're doing this, the remember the horse carriage is being driven by someone who can obviously hear them because when Daredevil lands in the carriage. He says, hey, I don't take extra passengers. And he says, it's all right. This guy will pay or, you know, <laughs> we'll pay you double. And he's like, okay, you can come in. So they have this whole conversation about like secret identities and being careful about giving it up and saying how disappointed while well, this guy's just sitting there listening. To yeah. <laughs> it was just a neat little moment. And yeah, it really it showed that, I mean, because what are we, we're 20 or we're 28 issues mm-hmm. in now. And, you know, so we've got over, we've got three, four years of history for this character now. And he really likes Karen, mm-hmm. and his one of his main focuses is to try to find ways for Karen to like him. Yeah. So when she's out on this date with Foggy, mm-hmm. it bothers him. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, he sees it as well. Hold on a second. You know, I've been Mike. You know, I've been Matt. I'm giving yeah. you all these things, I'm Karen. You so many options. It's like, what's the, what are you doing? <laughs> I love the love triangle. Or the, yeah. what do you call it? It's now what five. Call, I mean, yeah, it's a pentagram it? or something. Yeah. <laughs> love. Um, Twenty nine is uh, opens with with Matt trying to work out. He, he des- he's decided he's going to propose to Karen, but he's trying to decide if he should propose yeah. as Matt or as Mike. As Mike, I love it's it's the first page. <laughs> I remember it clearly. I think mm-hmm. I sent you a picture mm-hmm. of it. It's, it's the very first page of the issue. He's like, you know what? It's time. I it, I, I who cares about Foggy? Who cares about anything else? I have to be with Karen. And it's not like I need to start dating her. It's I need to marry her. Yeah. There was no straight d- to it. It was straight marrying, even though I don't even think they've been on a date together. Yeah. He's like, I want to, I need to marry her, but you're right. And then it's a guy sitting down, a picture of Matt sitting down thinking, 
do I propose as Matt? Do I propose as Mike? Yeah. It's just so, it's so cornball, but so cool. Yeah. I there's really a, there's it. This, this issue, there's a lot of corn, but I really enjoyed it. This yeah. has one of my favorite parts of this issue is, so we then discover that the Marauders gang mm-hmm. have just been waiting around. Yeah. Like what's going on? <laughs> the, the mass Marauders gone. What are yeah. we supposed to do? And one of them is, like, I, I think one of them even says it's been a couple of months or like yeah. gives a time frame. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we haven't heard anything. What should we do? And they're all still in their costumes, their uniforms. They're hanging out. And then one of them says, Hey, uh, d- he said that if he doesn't come back, He's, he left a note for us to, to open. He's like, oh, yeah, we should go check out what the note says. <laughs> so they go after a month of hanging around in their smelly costumes, go and open the note, and the note says, uh, if if I get caught or, or anything happens, then know that um, uh, Matt Murdock and Franklin Nelson and Karen Page are connected to Daredevil and use this information. So they say, okay. We need to go and do something with these guys. We've got this information. And one of them peels off and goes to a, a regular hood called The Boss, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, says, just so you know, the Marauder is gone. The gang is about to do this. They're going to use the hydraulic truck to go and kidnap these guys. And the, the, you should use this information. So the boss is like, yeah, I think I'm going to go and cause some trouble. Yeah, he, he wants to become the new leader of the, mar- yeah. of the Marauders. Yeah. Or out of the Marauders gang, and he figures, you know, if I can foil this, yeah, stop them from doing that, then they're uh, of course going to follow me. Yeah, and so he does it. He yeah, foils he goes. It they they and hijack him, yeah. the the Marauders truck, and they go there, and then they they break into the um, into the the uh, the offices, um, and this is while they're while this is happening, um, Daredevil's bouncing around trying to decide. He is. And I quote, as giddy as a guppy in a goblet. Yeah, he is. He's super <laughs> excited about proposing. He's and so he's, happy. He's they, they show him on uh, ledges, you know, window ledges yeah. on the side of the building, and he's literally he's dancing. Yeah, he's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and he bumps into Stan Lee. He does, yep. A Stan Lee yeah. cameo. Yeah, kind of right. like the old uh, Batman 66 uh, TV show where they, someone would open a window, and Stan Lee opens a window, and it's like, hey, there you are. And he's like, oh, well, I can't stick around. He's like, well, Gene would want to see you. Yeah, get to the Gene uh, yeah. name drop. And uh, and it's interesting because Stanley, you can you can tell it's him, but he doesn't have the glasses or the mustache yet. That comes yeah. a little later. So it's kind of a weird look for, for a bit. You're like, oh, that's not the Stanley. I yeah, I, it, w- without the dialogue, I would have had no idea it was yeah. Stanley. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Daredevil gets up to the offices. They've, they've, I think, did they, did they kidnap Karen? Uh, they kidnapped Karen and, and they, they left Foggy tied up. They left Foggy tied up and, and he Dare- stumbles in. Yeah, Daredevil shows up. Um, but before he does anything, he changes back into his yeah. Matt. Was it Matt or Mike? It's Matt, Matt. at this point. Yeah, he, he he dresses back into Matt, which makes us think, well, maybe he chose Matt to be the one to yeah. propose. Dresses back into Matt, sneaks in, realizes, hold on a second, Foggy's tied to the ground. And of course, he has to play dumb because he doesn't want Foggy yeah. to know that he. Foggy, that, are you there? Are you there? Yeah. Oh. I, I, are I you hear, on the floor? I, I he, no, he, no. He, he goes. He was gagged, so he couldn't yeah. talk. He goes. I hear somebody mumbling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speak up. Yeah. Speak up. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Playing the, the helpless blind yeah. man. Uh, and um, <laughs> and then he unties him and he explains what's happened and and now this is one of those things where the the Mike Matt thing comes in. So the. He comes up with the plan. This is similar to the uh, why don't I dress up as Daredevil to go to Madison Square Gardens Garden. and then. So but he this says, one's even dumber. This is so dumb. He says, <laughs> "Well, look, they they're expecting Mike Murdoch, Daredevil, 
to go and rescue him. They're looking for him, but I don't know how to contact him because his number, his, I don't know his phone number. <laughs> yeah. and, and Foggy's like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is absurd. And Foggy's kind of, I love the fact that in my mind, throughout this whole run, Foggy is just like, I know you're making this up, but I just can't even be bothered. Mm-hmm. And he's just beat down by the idea. Um, so, so Matt says, let me dress as Daredevil and I'll go in and uh, buy some time so that Mike will be able to get there as Daredevil. But the, the dumbest part about this is that they go along with it. He gets there, and shows up, and he's by himself. Yeah, and he, he says... He, ta- I he took a taxi. Pre- yeah, he says, I better pretend that I'm blind. Yeah. At that point, Foggy's not around anymore. No. So why, why does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> why does he have to pretend to be blind? Why can't he just go in and save the day? Yeah, he's so got he, his radar sense. He knows where everybody is. He, he knows. stumbles in, and <laughs> as he's walking up, these guys are all got guns, and they're like, hang on a second. He's stumbling. He must be blind. We're not going to shoot a blind man. He must be pretending. Okay, come in. And it has this great sequence where they unmask him. Yeah. And they unmask him to reveal Matt wearing his glasses <laughs> yes and and, and, and and that brings up a great point I, and, and i have some notes written down i, I want to write about that if you take a look at the or i want to talk about that if you take a look at the cover to this issue mm-hmm. it's a great cover he's with uh he's b- basically what what uh, jamie just said he's with goons and they're taking his mask off and you see matt murdoch with his glasses on yeah i went through and i looked at i i, I quickly looked through all the other pages to see have we ever seen Matt Murdock without the glasses. Yeah, and I think only in there, the very first... There are th- three... Well, okay, this is once he... Don't include issue one. Okay. Once he's in... Once he is an adult, mm-hmm. we don't see him with... There's only three panels. Oh, wow. Where they... And, and this is actually all the way up through 36. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's where we're ta- what we're talking to today. But um, issue 25, annual one and page 35 all have a panel of him not wearing the glasses or in the process of taking the glasses off. Mm -hmm. That is it. And in none of those panels do we actually see his face. Yeah. So one, we see that we see the the glasses on the table with Mm -hmm. his back to us. Another one, we see his hands up to his head, pulling the glasses off. Um, And I can't remember what the third one was, but was there something against showing a blind a blind man's eyes? I wonder if they just hadn't worked out a way of a way that they were comfortable with doing it. Or but I wonder if just, there was a sensitivity issue. Yeah, I Be- think maybe they hadn't decided because at this stage it's still that the the idea is that his vision has been burnt has, has been burnt by the chemicals. Right, like his eyesight has been damaged by chemicals hitting him. So I wonder if there's this this theory that maybe. It's a burn rather than a. Um, okay, that that makes sense because I was wondering if it was a sensi- I was wondering if it was a sensitivity thing because maybe if they're gonna go so far as to when he we will talk about this later when he dresses up as the Thor he actually puts a fake face on yes, top of does. his face yeah. so he can take that fake face off and be wearing glasses underneath yeah it, it was so bizarre yeah so bizarre. I'm just wondering if there was a sensitivity thing that with blind people showing them without their glasses is almost like showing somebody naked. Yeah. Hmm. It's very weird. It is very weird because it's it's so... Sorry for that little sidebar there. (laughs) Anyways, it was a great cover to the issue. Yes. Uh, I I, I like it. It's hilarious to think about it. A guy wearing glasses underneath a mask. But 
And then it, it, they, he, he gets Karen separated from him and then he works out that he can feel, because he's so sensitive, he can undo the knots that he's tied up in. They've tied him up at this stage. He unties himself, then declares that the real Daredevil's here and he's let Matt out the back or something yeah. once again. And he beats up the goons and he beats up both of the gangs. And that's the thing that, that at the end of it, the, the boss sort of says, no, I, I can't be bothered to carry on with this. You beat up two gangs by yourself. You're far too good for... For me, and that was really it with the boss. Yeah, he I mean, doesn't. He, yeah, yeah. And even the mass marauder gang were like, "Well, you're you're not that good. Yeah, we thought you were going to lead us, but you're, you. you're pathetic." <laughs> <laughs> um, the next issue, which you you mentioned, it has. Uh, is this one with Thor in it? It is. is. It? Thor appears in issue thirty, and it's actually a three issue arc: 30, yeah. 30 31, and thirty two that that deal with, in my opinion, two very weak characters. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Mr. Hyde and um, uh, Cobra. Cobra. And I know Mr. Hyde specifically becomes a pretty big villain for Daredevil mm-hmm. in later comics, but I this three issue, I, I just really wasn't feeling it. I, I thought that they, well, for starters, they made Mr. Fear, or sorry, uh, Miss, Mr. Hyde probably the dumbest. Yeah. The, the way, at the very first issue, they mm-hmm. get a chance to destroy Daredevil. Yeah. They can kill him. Yeah. And 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 uh, Cobra's like, well, let's do it. Yeah, and he says uh, it a couple of times. He says, "Why are we?" Yeah, and Mister Hyde's like, "No, no, no! I have a better plan yeah. of how to uh, of how we're going to beat him." And just to, this is what the plan is: I'm going to bring him to our our my secret lair, which I think is a lighthouse, mm-hmm. and I have this serum that will blind him. Yeah. Then when he's blind, he won't be able to bother us because he's a blind man. Yeah. Pretty poor writing. I mean, <laughs> why did you just kill him and then he wouldn't bother you then yeah. either? It just, it, it was just, I thought it was po- kind of poorly written yeah. and, and I wasn't a very big fan of the character and they didn't really do too much, but I did, I did like, um, oh, it, it, one thing I will say, once we start talking about the end of the story arc, another reason why he's dumb, which I want to point out, but I want to wait until, uh, until after we're done talking about these three issues, but I did like Thor. I yeah. it was a neat little moment with Thor. Yeah. So basically what happens is that the, the, the uh, Mr. Hyde and the Cobra, who are both Thor villains, Journey mm-hmm. into Mystery, um, back when it was Journey into Mystery, I think they appeared back then. Um, How long has Thor been around? Do you know? It's been around for a lot longer. I think it's, actually, I think it's like just after Fantastic Four. I'd have to okay. check. But I know that it, it was Journey into Mystery and it introduced Thor in that story. So I can't yeah. remember when the first. He, he, before Marvel, they created Thor. Right, wasn't it? No, Thor was because Captain America was nineteen. Captain America was before, and Thor had been around in other forms. Uh, uh, Jack Kirby had done other characters called Thor. Was that when um, Marvel was like Atlas, or it was, was even it? before then? It may have been another a book entirely, okay. um, another printer entirely, publisher. Um, but this, the Thor that we know, the Donald Blake and um, Molyneux and all of that stuff, Asgard. That how, do, how do you say it? Molyneux. 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 So anyway, uh, Thor, Thor's in this issue, and the way that he comes into it is that Daredevil decides, oh, there's these two villains around. I've heard that they've escaped. I should probably take them down. They're Thor villains, but I think I can take them. Um, but what's the best way to get their attention? So he gets a Thor costume. 
And as you mentioned, he gets he puts on putty to make a mask to make himself look more like Thor. And he has flesh-colored... Flesh-colored... Plastic. He said, yeah. he said plastic sleeves. Yeah. So that way... Uh, like he those could, tattoo sleeves. Yeah, but they're clear plastic <laughs> flesh color. So that way uh, he'll be able to keep his Daredevil yeah. costume on underneath. So he can put his legs and arms in that, and then his face yeah. is like a mask. And, and he goes out, and he uses his billy club to look like he's flying using the hammer. And um, <laughs> he al- he also points out that he um, uh, that the it adds extra muscle to him yeah, to make him look, him look bigger, a bit bulkier. The plastic sleeves. Yeah, do. and then Thor hears about this and just thinks, no, nah, that that doesn't work. So he goes and finds this guy and says, "Why are you pretending to be me?" And it's kind of it's kind of cool because it doesn't do that thing of like Daredevil because he's in his own book. He has to be able to match Thor a little bit. Thor just beats him. Mm-hmm. Just straight straight up beats him. And he, he kind of says, oh, you can move around a little bit. I won't waste time then and puts him into like a, a tornado or something. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole costume comes off and he's like, why were you dressed as me? And he explains it. And he Th- says, okay. That panel or those couple of panels yeah. are so crazy that by spinning him around, making all of his clothes come off, but not his Daredevil not costume. Not his Daredevil costume, no. But, uh, yeah. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Thor says, okay. All right, that's that sounds like a good plan, but uh, do not pretend to be me. Yeah, you can cut you can out. go yeah you can go back to getting them, but don't be stupid. You cannot pretend to be me. And does Thor even offer to help with? No, the he just goes. No, he, he just says, goes. Okay, good luck. He's, and he yeah. says, I've got other stuff to do. Yeah. <clears throat> I think at this stage, there's some questions about how powerful Thor is because his dad is annoyed at him and he doesn't let him. He's 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 powerful in that he's got the Thor level strength, but I don't know if it's like a time limit or stuff like that because I know there's some stuff in his own book where. He gets depowered, and uh, uh, the the mystic powers come and go quite a lot. So I don't right. know if that's an issue. Um, the uh, he uh, Daredevil catches up with him, and I, I it really felt like it was like rather than Mister Hyde, it was like the ox and the owl combined, and rather than Cobra, it was the eel that they. But they have they have the kind of they, their dynamic. There was is no, kind of, I mean, he's a Thor villain, so yeah. they had to make him strong. Yeah. But there was no reason for Mister Hyde to be strong. Yeah, there was none other than the fact that he fights Thor. Yeah, and he's pretty strong. He's pretty. They they oh, do. Yeah. And um, the dynamic again between these two is like constantly them saying, "Quiet, you idiot!" And you're lucky that I'm letting you live at this point. And it's my brains that are doing everything. And as you pointed out, there's that great bit of him like. They get dead. Everyone, Cobra's just like, let's kill him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no. And he's like, come on. <laughs> I do want to say about Cobra, and this is how Matt, I think it was Matt, this was how Matt Murdock figured out that it was Cobra and um, Mr. Hyde that ended up committing the crime at the beginning of the first issue of the arc, where uh, there was, they, they were able to get inside the, uh, the bank. Mm-hmm. I think it was a bank. And break open the safe, but the door w- was locked. Yeah. And they didn't break open the door. How did they get in? And that's where Ka- uh, Cobra's power kind of comes into play. He's a normally sized dude, mm-hmm. but he can bend his body in the weirdest ways yeah. to like go up air vents and to go in pipes and yeah. things. So he would go in and then open the door so Hyde would come in and yeah. they, they would go that way. And he does this several times throughout the three issues. Yeah, and Hyde says something which makes you think that he kind of, he's kind of repulsed by it because he says something like, it looks like he doesn't have any bones. Any bones, yeah. yeah. And at one point, it's taking too long, so he's like, oh, forget he about it. And, the then, door and, just, and just pulls, <laughs> pulls the door off. So uh, they, they, you know, there's a fight, obviously, Daredevil 
loses like we mm-hmm. mentioned it the first time and then they go away and they lure him over to their to their secret hideout and once they're there Hyde is successful in taking that blind uh, that blind juice or mm-hmm. whatever it was and spraying Daredevil and making him blind but since he was already blind this is in lieu of everything else that previous up to this point the fact that he was blind stopped the blind stuff from working because he was already blind this actually got rid of his super senses mm-hmm. since he was blind. Yeah. And it's kind of fun. They have a sequence where he, he is blind. He's actually yeah. blind and he has to get back to the office and he's stumbling along the street and he says, you know, I'm lucky it's still early enough that not many people are out, but he's kind of tripping over and he, he gets away and, and it's, yeah, they, but they it's, leave him. It's, and it's over several pages too. Yeah. And, and a woman no, they tries leave to him because, because the whole point is with Mr. Hyde is, well, now that he's blind, he's not going to be yeah, in trouble to us. Uh, so, yeah. so, so who, who cares? cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're right. A, a, pedest, a pedestrian, a passerby comes up when he's getting home and yeah. takes a piece of his mask yeah. to like cherish. And yeah. as proof that she was able to meet him one day and, and, and it, he says, it's you know, funny if my though. Senses were there, I would have known it, that was coming. And if you think about it, Daredevil has been blind for a really long time mm-hmm. since he was what ten or yeah, I think around like tennis 10 or twelve. So he's had a lot of practice being blind. So you're telling me he has that much difficulty getting home, walking on a street, but then when his when he when he can fight because he has so much practice fighting. Yeah. That part was a little bit on the hokey side, because he's still able to fight without being able to have his his stuff because he's he or his special senses yeah. because he's had so many years of training. Yeah, but the normal stuff but like walking, walking no, he, no. <laughs> lazy. He can't do that. It does have it has a fantastic sequence. So basically, he gets he gets a cab. Yeah, <laughs> he gets a yeah. cab and go. He's like, what why am didn't I doing? why didn't I think about this before? A cab says, will take you, know, you wherever I need to go. Charge it to Foggy Nelson, or probably. Yeah. Um, so he gets a cab and he goes back, and then he thinks, right, I could change back into Matt, but I can't risk them finding out that that Daredevil is actually really blind. So <laughs> I have to change uh, into Mike and then pretend that I'm Mike blind. So that they think Ugh. that Mike is blind, so that they know why Daredevil is blind. So he goes in and he says, "I've lost my sight, guys," and they're like, "Oh no, that's terrible." I can imagine Stanley <laughs> in his office <laughs> with a whiteboard, or I guess a chalkboard back then, with a chalkboard and chalk, just trying to figure out, okay, can I do this? Can I do this? How yeah. can, how can I make this work with this? I think you're giving him far too much credit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, I mean, the obvious choice would have been to just leave Mike out of it. Yeah, Mike doesn't even need to be Mike there. Mike is terrible. Uh, so, so while this is going on, Mr. Hyde and Cobra have, have done a robbery and they're being chased and they're on another rooftop close to the law office and uh, they're threatening to throw bits of masonry down on the police and everyone's panicking. And Daredevil, as Mike, thinks, I have to make them think that I'm not blind. I can't fight them, but I have to make them think. So I think... What so why I'll do, do they need to do that? Because he wants them to be caught off guard, right, yeah. and not hurt the people around. I guess. So, so seeing, uh, seeing Daredevil not being blind yeah, will make them scared of him, and yeah. then they'll stop doing what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he gets Foggy to lead him up to the rooftop and help him throw out a line. And this is kind of rough on Foggy. I didn't realize this was happening until at the end of it. But so he throws out the line, and um, Foggy's holding one end. <laughs> So this is just a line from building to building. Yeah, and it must have been really painful for him. And he says, if I can walk across this tightrope, they'll they'll know that, or they'll think I'm not blind. So Mike 
Daredevil, <laughs> goes out blind onto the tightrope and almost falls off several times. And and it works. They're watching and they're like, he can. there's no way a blind man would do that. This is crazy. He must be able to see. We need to think this through again. And they leave. And he gets back and he's like, thanks for helping out, Foggy. And Foggy's like, my hands hurt because <laughs> he's been holding <laughs> yeah. on. And, um, see, now, so you're telling me Daredevil can walk a tightrope, but, but, <laughs> but he, can't walk, he can't walk along a sidewalk. Yeah. But this, the, the, the last page of this issue is actually really good. What it, happens? Is this issue 20? Uh, this is issue... We're on 31. Uh, 31, yeah. One now, yeah. And it's great because what's ha- what happens is that uh, uh, Foggy's leading Mike Daredevil, blind Mike Daredevil, down the street and he's saying look you've got to help me and i've got to work out what i can do and he's walking along and they play it in kind of this tightest shot where he's walking along and he's talking to him and, and daredevil's just talking away and he's like you know if they ever find out i'm blind this would be terrible if anyone knows that i'm really blind he just keeps going over it <laughs> and foggy gets grabbed and you don't see who's grabbed him and gets pulled off and he's like what what's that i can't hear what you said speak up and then cobra appears yeah. And it's Cobra that's It was him. a cool little page. It's a great I, little page. I, I didn't like that. And he says, I'm sorry. Um, like he said, uh, sorry, I just forgot you were blind for a second or something like that. And it's like, it's great. It's a really good cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So they find out that he's really blind. Um, and they take him, they, they basically grab him in the next issue and they take him back to the lighthouse base. Um, this is where I would like to point out. Um, they could kill him. No, <laughs> I think yeah. Cobra even says again, yeah. why don't we kill him? They could kill him. <laughs> but this is another reason why I feel like Mr. Hyde is probably the dumbest of the superheroes. Yeah. Even dumber than Ox. And I like Ox. <laughs> uh, so there's a little bit of a scuffle. And Hyde realizes, you know what? We got to be careful. If if Daredevil finds the antidote. Yeah. <laughs> because of course you make an antidote yeah. if, and you have it, you know, right, right in the room where you yeah, in a cupboard in a cupboard. He goes, if daredevil finds the antidote, he could use it on himself. And then, you know, it would foil our plans. Yeah. So what do you think he does to make sure daredevil doesn't find it rather than throw it out of the lighthouse out into the ocean? He decides, you know what? I'm going to grab it from the cupboard and hold it in my hand yeah. because I'm so strong. He can't get it out of my grasp. Yeah. There's no way. So I'm just going to hold this antidote the whole time. Yeah. So there's a huge fight that ensues. And this is a perfect example of how Daredevil can still fight mm-hmm. when he can't see. Although he does. He kills the, the power in the lighthouse. But, he, so. but he, still, he still doesn't have his He's his still blind, senses, but he kills the yeah. power, so everyone's blind. Yeah, so he kills the power, so everyone's blind. So mm-hmm. they're all fighting the same way. And the entire time... Hyde is holding the, the yeah. antidote. You're not going to get the, and he even tells Daredevil, you're not going to get this antidote that I have because I will, you know, I'm so strong. You yeah. won't be able to get it from me. And ends up falling out at one point of his hand, of course. But Dare- it's, the, the, the reason it falls out is great. And it's kind of, I, this was my favorite yeah, bit of this fight is that uh, Hyde grabs Daredevil and he's like, oh my God, this guy is really strong. I can't get out of this. So he says, he starts calling out like, well, you, I, I got the antidote and you dropped me. Um, I'm out of your grasp. And Cobra goes, oh, I, I should hit him. <laughs> so he grabs a, a piece of metal and starts hitting Hyde with the metal. <laughs> Thinking and Hyde's going, what are you doing? <laughs> You're hitting me. I've still got him. And he's like, no, he's saying that you don't have him. And eventually he, he gets out, but that he can't find the antidote. He's reaching around trying to find the antidote. And this fight's right. going on. And Hyde and Cobra fighting and Daredevil's struggling to find the antidote. He finds it throws it in his face. It could be anything. It could be acid. You know, there's all these vials on the floor, but it's the antidote. Um, <laughs> throws it in his face. 
gets his senses back and then starts to be able to fight back and Hyde just smashes through the wall and mm-hmm. leaves and just jumps in a boat and goes <laughs> and just like, I'm out. Yeah. And Cobra's caught. Cobra's like, oh, okay. Should have killed him when I had the chance. Yeah, I, I knew I should have killed him. Um, I do want to say, um, uh, one. Th- I, I thought that there were times when over these three issues where the art looked a little bit rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it it's probably part of Gene Colan's you know, at least of the issues we've read so far, probably my least favorite of his art-wise. Mm. But one thing I did like, and I I don't know who made this decision, but there are, when Daredevil turns off the lights and it's nine pages mm-hmm. of fighting, mm-hmm. which is a pretty lengthy fight with no interruptions. Yeah. Nine pages of fighting, and for all this is leads up to right when Ox jumps out of the window because it's dark in there. Hide. Or sorry, when did I say ox? Yeah, I, I got I ox on the ox. brain. I, I love me some ox. <laughs> so high jumps out, jumps out of a window. More window crashing. Yeah, but these nine pages, everything's blue and black. Yeah, and I thought it was really cool. It was it's it, great. It, it was a neat dynamic. T- today, it would probably you might see some shadow, mm-hmm. but a lot of it would just be dialogue over complete black squares. Yeah. Or if John Byrne was doing it, it would just be black and dialogue. Yeah, yeah, just black and dialogue. <laughs> so it was it was, it was, was cool, and I don't know who made the decision to color it blue. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I read the issue on Marvel Unlimited, so I, it, and I believe it's been recolored. Cause I think they have. I think it's more of a tidy up than an out-and-out recolor. Okay, they they so, may have recolored them for the... So I don't know if the original issue, those nine pages were, were blue and black, but I just I really liked it because I really felt like mm-hmm. they were fighting in the dark. A lot of times, in several of the previous issues, it's been night and Daredevil's been fighting, but the sky is still blue. Yeah, they don't make the sky look yeah. like it's nighttime. They do a really poor job in that. So I thought this being you know a fight in the actual dark, uh, I liked how it was colored. Yeah, I'd love to see the original issue just to see yeah. how, how it looked and if it was muddy or if it was really clear because it is a really great sequence. And yeah. And I didn't realize it went on that long because it actually flows quite well. And so just remember, Jamie, if you ever develop something to blind somebody, don't keep the antidote antidote around. Destroy the antidote. In fact, even better, don't ever make an antidote. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was one great page on this where they arrive at the lighthouse and it's like this incredible, like Hyde is at the top of some stairs, some wonky stairs that are kind of curving around to the lighthouse and Daredevil is being passed up to him and he's kind of almost being dragged up and Cobra's kind of slinking up the side and it all felt like it's this incredible page where everyone's kind of like almost stumbling and falling and you get a real sense of like struggle even though they're just walking up some stairs. Right, and, right. Um, you know, let's give a shout out to the inker mm-hmm. for this one because he did a really great job on yeah. those nine pages. It was uh, John uh, Tartaglione. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> Tartaglione. Um, he he actually did six in a row. She's twenty nine through thirty five, mm-hmm. but uh, very very strong inking on that, yeah. on that nine page yeah. uh, little spread there. Mm-hmm. Um, Should we go into thirty three? Let's go into thirty three and thirty four. Yeah, the two part, the beetle, the beetle. Now, yeah. I can't remember the beetle had already appeared in in another the beetle uh, comic. Right? Has been in he's he's been in Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. He may have been in Spider Man at this point. I know he's appeared in um, in Spider Man in the past. Um, and he's it starts this is kind of nice because it starts with the beetle doing a robbery and Daredevil tries to stop him and he's tired he yeah. actually gets he, he gets beaten by the hydraulic fingers of the beetle yeah more hydraulics more hydraulics and uh, and, and, and uh, I don't know if they reference it directly but he talks about I think this may take place directly after because he says he's been like three or four yeah. days he says since I've had any slept. sleep yeah 
and it's yeah. it's really cool because it kind of ties it, it really ties in and, and gives you some ground in the idea that Daredevil is actually just a man and this and you kind of forget that sometimes. So the beetle is um, green and purple, mm-hmm. and he has these two metal wings that give him the ability to uh, fly, but slow. They're yeah. so heavy and bulky. They're so heavy that he's he flies very them. slow, and then yeah. he has gloves that are metal hydraulic with metal hydraulic fingers that think of um, you know like venom. I don't know, but he can shoot them out in there and They're like kind of suction, suction on and yeah. suction onto onto, yeah. onto stuff. Yeah, it's a very weird looking design, but it kind of makes it's kind of fun to see. I don't know where the be- except for the wings, I guess the beetle part, but the the helmet looks really weird and creepy, and um, and he's just going out doing robberies. You know, he's just a he's just a low level crook, but he is planning to do a diamond robbery on a train. There's a, a very famous diamond that's on this train that's being guarded by police, and it just so happens that Mike decides that he's going to take Foggy and Karen. On a little trip yeah. on the same train, and I didn't like this. Yeah, because you know, oh, one thing we one thing we we have to say uh, just real quick before we move on that issue where we talked about where Matt had decided that he was going to propose to yeah. Karen. One thing we didn't say that we should say at the end of the issue, he decided not to propose. Yeah, because he realized since Karen got kidnapped, that if he's with Karen, yeah. he's going to be putting her in danger. So he has to be alone and miserable. Yeah. Like how all these superheroes are. Yeah. But anyway, so that, sorry, didn't mean to so, jump back. No, I just want to make sure that uh, people listening yeah. at home know that the proposal never ended up happening. Um, so Mike is there and then he basically says, come on, I'll take you away. And they're like, we've got a lot of work to do. And he's like, ah, it's all right. Matt can take care of that. Mm-hmm. And is it, I, I couldn't remember which, they're going to the, the Montreal to the expo. Right? Yeah. So the, 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 19, 60, the 1967 expo. 67. And, uh, what I didn't like about that was he, we find out in the next couple pages that Matt Murdoch knew that the beetle was going to try to steal this neck, mm-hmm. this necklace. So he's purposely, putting Karen and Foggy in danger yeah. to stop him. He could have just gone alone. Yeah, there was no reason to bring is. them, but but uh, I don't know if he just wants to keep smelling Karen's perfume or something. I don't know. But I just, I felt like Foggy's it's... Foggy's hair, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just out of, it's just a little out of character. I don't yeah. think he'd be putting It wasn't justified in, at all. Yeah, to put it, him into danger. It was like, I need to go, and rather than just saying, hey guys, I've got to be out of town for a couple of days. Uh, right. He was like, you you should come with me. You should come with me. And because even, I think it was Foggy. Foggy, you know, once the beetle comes and steals the necklace and all the chaos ensues, Foggy goes, hey, you, or maybe it was Karen, you, you, you knew all along this was going to happen and Matt, you know, is now playing Mike. It goes in his typical Mike form. Of course, baby. I, I assumed it was gonna happen. I yeah. knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what a sleaze ball. <laughs> um, they have a, uh, a Daredevil and, and the Beetle have a little fight on the train, and then the Beetle flies away, and Daredevil can ch- chase him quite easily because he's slow. Because he's slow moving, and there's this great. He chases him across a desert. I don't know the geography. I've I've gone from New York to Montreal I think it was by bus and at no point do I remember seeing any deserts <laughs> along that road because um, you go up into New Hampshire I think or n- northern New York or wherever you know there's no maybe anyway, tra- maybe trains went different ways back they in went 19- a very different in way. 1968 or whatever year it was. yeah so he's 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 chasing him through the, the desert and there's a bit where he has to cross over a waterfall and they kind of they, they have a nice little aside where it's like the waterfalls kind of affecting his hearing but not much but he's going across the waterfall and the beetle cuts the line 
and he drops down. He uh, Daredevil drops down into the water and, and loses the beetle. Um, and he carries on walking, and he finds a western town <laughs> in Eastern. Anyway, um, a very very small western town. Very small it lo- western it town. looks like it's about maybe four or five houses. Yeah. Where only men live. Only men and, with uh, guns. They're all g- part of the Beatles' goons. Yeah, and they reveal it by um, they say, Daredevil comes up and he's like, oh, "Thank God you guys are here. I'm trying to find this guy called the Beetle, and I need help." And they're like, "The Beetle, hey, uh, do you hear that, boss?" And the Beetle kind of comes out of the saloon and says, "Oh yeah, I heard that." And um, and keeping with the the fact that he's tired, he has this fight with them, and there's this the the sequence of the fight is kind of this. You, you get the sense that um, he sa- he even says, uh, my sense is, I'm so tired, my sense is getting foggy. I'm having a real difficult time in this fight. I don't know how long I can keep this up. And he's like, I can't, everything's getting kind of um, blurry around me. So I'm having real trouble following everything. And the beetle knocks him out. Um, and he, or he, he, he takes him down. And he's, right. not, he's not unconscious, but he says, come on, we're going to take him with us. I've got a plan. And Daredevil yeah. says... Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I need so, to rest. So, <laughs> uh, so the the Beatles' big plan is that they're going to take a. I think they're in a semi, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they jump in a semi truck, and they're going to take Daredevil to the expo, mm-hmm. where he was headed anyways. They're going to take him to the expo, and at the expo, reveal yeah who Daredevil they're is. They're going to unmask him live on TV. On, live on Even TV. Even though they've got Diamond. Diamond's yeah. hidden in the truck now, and Daredevil hears this. Be- Beetle's going for street cred here. Yeah. So he, uh, so they tie up Daredevil and they put him on the um, on the semi. But when they tie him up, one thing that that uh, Daredevil does that's very clever is he flexes like really, really hard. Yeah. So that way, when they tie him up, they're tying him up with his muscles out as far as they can be. Yeah. So once he's tied up, he can then. You know, breathe out, stop flexing, and then the the ropes will be looser, so he can you know jiggle Sling out of them a little yeah. bit. Pretty pretty ingenious, pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, but but you were right, uh, and I thought this was very clever. You know, who knows how long the desert is for Montreal Expo? We don't know. It could be you know ten hours, two days. We don't know the timeline. But the entire time while he's while he's uh, tied up, he's just chilling there sleeping. Yeah, he says, Daredevil I'm sleeps. Take a nap. <laughs> So Daredevil takes a nap and gets his strength back. And then when they get to the expo, they, they're going to reveal him on the on television. Uh, Foggy and uh, Karen are there now. Um, and because he's, he's now regained his strength and the ropes aren't as tight as they thought, they've never checked at any point. Um, <laughs> he breaks free and he fights the beetle. And this is another moment where Foggy butts in and he jumps on the beetle. And... Uh, yeah, be, yeah. Uh, Foggy and Karen are at the expo. Yeah, they're at the uh, big revealing because mm-hmm. there's a huge sign once they get yeah, one, there. Yeah, one of the one of his henchmen paints it. Yeah, and he says I should be finished by the time we're <laughs> yeah. ready, and it's like almost completely finished at that point. I don't yeah. know how slow he was going with the last two <laughs> letters, but um, and Daredevil said, unmasking to happen now. Did, uh, yeah. yeah, Karen and Foggy they see it, so they they quickly go over there and they they get there right as they're about to take the mask yeah. off. And he, uh, the, the fight is pretty decent. It's another mm-hmm. one of those where uh, the the funny thing is that Foggy jumps on the beetle and starts hitting him, and the beetle says, uh, "Yeah, there he <laughs> yeah. is. He's hitting him on the head, which must hurt." Yeah. And he says, uh, "The beetle thinks I can't hurt this guy because I'll lose all of the goodwill of the people <laughs> of the people that are watching that it. Are watching, I can't do that." 
So, so he goes light, yeah. and then Daredevil catches him when he eventually flicks him off. But they, they, he beats him, and then the Beatles says, "You know, you, you've got no evidence. What are you arresting me for?" As, and Daredevil says, "Well, you, you stole the diamond, which is in the truck." And he <laughs> said, "How could you possibly know that? You were blindfolded. How could you?" He said, "Oh, I better be careful. I don't want to give off the. I don't want people to know no. that I've got extra these incredible <laughs> senses." Look at this panel. Yeah, that's a great one. That he's is. being jumped by all of the goons at once, and he's trying to catch Foggy. And it's that's a really good one. Yeah, it's you it? almost there's so many legs in the panel. I'm just, I just showed Jamie a, a panel where uh, this was right after Foggy smacked the beetle in the head, and uh, all the goons are attacking Daredevil, and Foggy's in the background falling to the ground, and this, it's just whoop. It's a sound effect that that makes. <laughs> Whoop. Uh, just a cool little panel. There's a lot of a lot of good panels in these early Daredevil comic books. Yeah. So they uh, they Mike then says, uh, or Daredevil then says to Karen, "Did you bring my suitcase, baby?" And gets dressed <laughs> and goes, "You know, we're gonna go have some fun, and Foggy's gonna pay." And, and yeah. he says, "Well, do you never carry any money around?" And he's like, "Hell no." <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we, we should point out here that uh, we've only got two issues left to, dis- to discuss today, but. Uh, at this point, Foggy's really getting jealous of 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 Mike and can't mm-hmm. stand Mike. But mm-hmm. Karen is really starting to get into Mike. Mm-hmm. She's finding his theatrics pretty uh, pretty entertaining, pretty interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it just over all these issues. It just you know we get all these nice little yeah. little thought bubbles and scenes, and, and it, she's starting yeah. to dress up more for him. And, she and that's true. I, I didn't even think about that. She is, yeah. Um, we can jump to the annual number one. Yes, you let's do go it. Over that? Um, Thirty. It was a thirty-nine page story. Yeah, uh, featured story. a lot of uh, Daredevil's early rogues. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, a frightful five or whatever the the, the the when 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 you get a gang of supervillains getting together to attack him. And I thought one thing that was cool was at the very beginning of the issue because uh, I mean, annuals didn't come out every year. They're just called an annual. Yeah. Back then, and sometimes uh, they were reprints. They as well. were reprints, and this specific one was a new story. But Stan Lee and Gene, Gene Colan, who also drew this one too, yeah, I mean, he, he, I don't know how he's doing all the drawing. <laughs> uh, they did a good job over the first few pages just to kind of show who Daredevil is for readers that yeah. don't know anything about him. They give you an overview, and I think it's two or three pages where yeah. they give you a complete overview of him and where he's at at the moment. And not just his, not, and not just the, the powers that he developed when he got blind or his super senses, but just a lot about the character. You know, we learn about Mike. We learn about his love triangle. Mm-hmm. We also learn that, you know, he's lonely. Yeah. Yeah, he's a loner, and he feels like, you know, in order to have this secret identity, this Daredevil stuff, and to not you know, try to make sure I don't put people in danger. You know, a lot of times I have to be alone and sometimes mm-hmm. it sucks. Sometimes it's pretty darn boring. Which is a nice little touch before the, all the fighting happened. Yeah, yeah. he's so become a loner in his gym, in his private brownstone gym. Yeah. Um, so we got five villains in five this villains. one, now all this is, led by who? Uh, the, the guy who decides that he's going to get the team together is Electro. Yeah, back from issue two. Back from issue two. So he comes in and he decides he's going to pluck four other villains, Daredevil villains, to help out. And the ones that he goes for are Leapfrog. Uh-huh. I'm going to say that one last. <laughs> Gladiator. Gladiator. <laughs> Stilt Man. That's it. Electro, you probably and 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 the Matador. The, the Matador. <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing is the Matador is one of the first ones that comes in and he just keeps getting beaten up. Yeah. Like he's, he's like so, barely he's, last. 
He's so, I mean, he's such a bad character. Yeah. He has, he has no power, no guns, no weapons. He just is a matador. Yeah. That's and it. he just and, keeps getting surprised. That yeah, Daredevil and he's not can, a very good one either. No, he's awful. <laughs> Daredevil beats him at least three times in this this annual, in this issue. And, and we have the same moment when he's fighting, and they have a chance to finish him off, but Electra's like, no, we can't finish him off yet. Yeah. I've got a bigger plan. i got, I got a great idea. i got great ideas on what we're going to have to do to take him down. And they, they kind of have a nice, uh, every character plays to their type, like uh, Leapfrog is kind of completely out of his depth, but just trying and being difficult they still want to push Stiltman as being like a real threat and and uh, it kind of works and Gladiator is just there because the I think the Magia asked him to go along and he's like okay I'll go along and he fights and he, he's he's just a real good when he gets into a fight there's very little dialogue it's just him being a, like a real powerhouse person I, I don't think you mentioned Stiltman uh, yeah Stiltman I said yeah. he's oh, you the, did the one they're trying to make a threat that, oh sorry yeah, yeah. no that's that's I mean, he's very forget. I even forget <laughs> when I've read the issues of, of him. It's, um, it's Electro and his Emissaries of Evil. Yeah. Is yeah the it name doesn't of the group. quite have the same ring as the Frightful Five. No. But I guess Electro was a member of both teams. I guess he likes working with... Uh, they probably had people. Electro in there just because they're trying to draw in the Spider-Man fans. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of a fun... It's a fun idea. It, it doesn't... You know, it works well. They have a little fight, and then at the end, he they take him to this electrical plant, and it affects his senses a little bit. But then he says, "Aha, I've got a plan!" And he he beats the five of them not comfortably because he has to do a lot of dodging and, mm-hmm. and diving, and and he gets hit a couple of times. But then he ties them up and creates a a ground loop or something. It's some kind of electrical current that he links them into through electro and through the power plant, so that if they try to break the cable, they will get electrocute and die and he says like you know the police will take care of that see you later guys and leaves <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah um and it and and we mentioned it has those little backup strips one of the ones the, the one of of stanley and, and yeah. colin doing all but there's also one that, that is a quick explanation of uh, daredevil's extra Bil- sensories yeah and the billy club billy club yep and then it has a couple of pinups in there of the different characters. I, th- yeah the pinups were awesome yeah yeah, they they were so good. Yeah, and it's really good. It has you know it it does a it does a really good job of summing up a lot of where the book is at at the moment and, and what all the characters are up to and yeah and the, the pinups um, include dialogue on them too. They're, mm-hmm. they're full page spreads and like um, right now just was looking at the one of Karen Page and you know she's just at her office just daydreaming about kissing Matt Murdock and yeah yeah it, it's pretty neat. Yeah, Foggy's thinking about Karen on one side and on the other side is like all the different uh, daredevil personas yeah, and, and stuff like, like oh, oh, I'm losing out to these guys. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? Uh, oh, oh, nice. I'm looking at the, uh, I found the name of, uh, of the tiger. For oh, yes. Kazar. I know we were trying to figure that yes. out earlier. It is Zabu. Zabu. Zabu yes, the tiger. They did a pinup of, of, uh, Kazar and his tiger in the, um, yeah. in the annual. And, and Kevin, Kevin and Zabu. Yeah, Kevin and <laughs> Jamie prefers Kevin over Kazar. I like the formality. Yeah, I like the Kevin Plunder. It, it was an, it was it was it was a fun read. Yeah, I liked it. it, it I I'm a huge Gladiator fan, so it was, yeah. it's always fun whenever I can see the Gladiator. I mean, and they even tied it into the regular storyline too, yeah. because he was uh, they they explained it one panel, but. He goes, well, you know, I've been leading them, or I've been with the Magia or the Magia, whatever it is. I've been with the, the, the Magia, and now I found out that Electro is trying to stop Daredevil, so I better jump in the mix yeah. and help him out. Yeah, he's, he's a fantastic character. Yeah. Um, 
uh, wrapping up this episode, we have issues 35 and 36, yes. which tie in. And I was kind of surprised. I know this. The, basically, what happens is that the the absurd villain, uh, Pace Pop Pete, the, the trapster, trapster. He, uh, he comes up and he's been around. He's been a bunch of, he's been in a bunch of books, but I think um, Fantastic, Four. Fantastic Four yeah. is a big. And he basically decides that he needs to be taken seriously. And in order to do that, he should probably kill someone. So he decides he's going to kill Daredevil. So what he does is he smashes through a window <laughs> of the offices. I don't know how many window yeah. repairs they go through. But he smashes through the hey, window. Hey, the building manager's not around. They yeah, he doesn't care. Um, and he says, uh, okay, guys, I've got a question for you. And he squirts his paste over oh, Foggy gosh. and Karen. And so, I mean... Th- <laughs> <laughs> think about the lamest gun you can think about ever being drawn in yeah. a comic book. It's this gu- it's this gun. Yeah. You're in such a p- close proximity that you can just shoot and kill the person, but instead you're going to shoot gonna squirt paste. paste. Paste, which makes them, you know, stuck, stuck. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, stuck to the ground. But uh, you know how you can remove the paste? Yeah, we do know we now do. because uh, Karen... <laughs> Re- reveals the uh, nail varnish remover. We'll, we'll get that paste. <laughs> Some little acetone. Yeah, we'll get that clean off. Um, and he basically wants to know if uh, if he kills someone but there's no body, can he be tried for the crime? And Matt says, well, there's... It, there's it's a, a little lot, more complicated. It's a little more complicated, but legally, yeah, there is questions about whether or not he's got... That's fine. That's good enough. Yeah. I'm going to kill Daredevil. See you later, guys. <laughs> Jumps out the window onto his glider and leaves. And um, His glider... By the way, is has these hydraulic discs? Yeah, that anti-gravity are yeah, discs. yeah. It's, uh, anti-gravity. What's it called? Yeah, there's these anti-gravity discs that are all over it. Yeah, that basically make them float. You mm-hmm. know, and then it was built by the wizard. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah, they mentioned the yeah. wizard. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he's he's decided he's going to kill dead everyone. The way he does it is he's going to stick these those anti-gravity discs to Daredevil and Daredevil will just float away so there'll be nobody and he'll be gone and people will respect the traps but I don't know how he's gonna let people know he's killed someone whilst disposing of the boy but that is beside <laughs> the point um, and, and, and also too uh, I want to point out that uh, in addition to finding out from Nelson and Murdoch if um, you know he could get away with murdering somebody if the body wasn't found he also had just lost a fight with the Fantastic Four, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to fight Daredevil to kind of boost his morale. Yeah, his morale to ma- was yeah, real low. Yeah, to make him feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And he knew that Nelson and Murdoch, because apparently all the villains know this now, that uh, they know who Daredevil is. Yeah. So if he attacks them, they will reach out to him. And the message will get. Yeah. We'll and, get the, and the message happened to get to Daredevil in about yeah. 42 seconds, or however long it took for yeah. him to change. and. So he's, he's 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 got these discs stuck to him and he's floating up into space and the pace pot P trapster thinks he's you know he's good and I, I will say this um, so Daredevil pulls him off slowly and realizes that he can fall kind of at a controlled pace. Um, one thing I didn't like was that he pulled off the discs and threw them down. <laughs> I thought they'd just float up. Float up. Um, so he he falls, he plummets and catches a flagpole or side of a building mm-hmm. and saves himself. And then how, lo- how long do you think all that took place? A few minutes. Okay. So Maybe less. So meanwhile, while that's happening, the trapster goes back to his secret lair, which yeah. is like it's some, uh, uh, on top of a mountain somewhere, this yeah. big castle, yeah. and goes in there and uh, 
basically, you know, he, he has a Daredevil suit. He yeah. dresses up as Daredevil and decides that he's going to go sneak into the Baxter building yeah. and destroy the Fantastic Four because there's absolutely no way that they would assume that Daredevil would hurt him yeah. so that he'll be able to get in. Daredevil and just, was their friend at this and stage. Just, yeah, exactly, and just paste them all down to the ground with mm-hmm. his magical paste gun. Yeah, I forgot that that had happened, yeah. Yeah, so he so he goes to Baxter goes Building. He goes to Baxter Building, he pastes the, Sue. Yeah, he pastes Sue. Sue is the only Fantastic Four there. The other ones are all out doing yeah, something. Yeah, the three are out. Yeah, they're out, and uh, on the monitor, Sue looks at the monitor and goes, oh, it's Daredevil. Yeah, he didn't oh. call. Like, what's he doing over here? Well, I'm going to let Come him up. So, so, <laughs> so she lets Daredevil up. Daredevil comes in and, uh, you know, pastes her. And for some reason, when Sue is uh, pasted, pasted on the ground. She can't talk. She, she, no, well, she gets knocked out. Or no. You're right. She can't talk. She's thinking, but she She's can't thinking, talk. but she can't talk. But, but also, she can't use her force fields. Yeah. Either, or she can't stop them, use her, her yeah. power, which is really surprising to me. And uh, the trapster plants a bomb, a, yeah. time, a ticking time bomb that will it will go off if the room temperature goes up, if they can sense body heat. Sophisticated so bomb for yeah. the trapster. So if anyone, if anyone tries to tamper with it or comes into the room, the Fantastic Four will be toast. Sue will be toast. So the reason I asked Jamie how long it took for, Spider, or for, for Daredevil to fall to the ground was yeah. that whole thing happened within <laughs> the amount of time it took Daredevil to yeah. hit the ground. And uh, yeah, maybe so he stopped time... for lunch or something. Maybe. Yeah, because he, he basically he says, "I've got to go over to the Baxter Building and, and warn them." Warn them, yeah. Yeah. So he goes over and he gets to the ledge and he open and he looks in the window and he says, "Oh, Sue's on the floor. I better f- open the window and find out what's going on." I wonder why he didn't just uh, dress as Daredevil to begin with. He yeah. didn't need to get Daredevil's suit. He already he had one. His morale boosted. Okay, he need, yeah. you're, oh, that's right. He needed the morale boosted. <laughs> you needed to know God, that he dang, could. And I even said that. Yeah. That makes sense. Man, I got to put two and two together. Sometimes I don't know. So you think the bomb's going to go off, but then Daredevil whips out his uh, trusty Billy Kane line because he hears ticking and he thinks, that's weird. Why would anyone have a clock in a drawer? And then he goes, well, I better get rid of this. And if it's just a clock, I'll explain later. <laughs> so he throws the clock into the air and it explodes and he's like well that was lucky um <laughs> frees sue who's still lying on the floor and for some reason couldn't talk when yeah. she was on the floor um and the other fantastic four come back and they ask what's going on they everyone gets uh, cleaned up and then they see that the traps is outside and he's glider and this is another window break this is a fantastic <laughs> one daredevil says i, I i'm going to take care of this because uh, i owe He's he's become my and see yeah the Fantastic Four you know you know they came back and you know they're talking to Sue and they see Daredevil there and they thank him and everything and then the Human Torch you know flame on goes to go after smashes through the window smashes through the window <laughs> to to go after the Trapster but Daredevil's like no 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 I need to get revenge on him yeah. you guys stay back yeah and my Fa- morale yeah I, my morale I need to boost my morale so Mister Fantastic's like. Okay. Okay. So he calls the Human Torch, and the Human Johnny, Torch come back. Yeah, Johnny come back, and Johnny's all like, "Oh man!" <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up going back, and then the, and then they just let the Daredevil, Daredevil go after yeah, the trap. And they don't even help. They don't even keep <laughs> no, track of what's don't. going on. Like, nah, it's all good. He, yeah. he can take care of this. And this this sequence, he Daredevil gets up to the the um, anti gravity uh, flight thing that he's got, the glider. And this sequence is actually a really good fight because what mm-hmm. happens, I was kind of impressed because the Trapster is a kind of a joke villain. He's everyone right. says baseball Pete. And, you know, right. But he becomes really desperate and they crash the glider 
and Daredevil starts to fight him and chase him and he becomes really suddenly he's fighting for his life and he starts to get the upper hand and he does this whole sequence where he starts to be able to fight back really well and he keeps catching lucky blows to Daredevil to get away he wraps him up with the gun when it's point well, like the gun's empty so he just lassoes him and, and kind of wraps him up and he runs off and he runs through a building and Daredevil gets momentarily confused because he goes into the building there's lots of people and then he smashes out into the street and they have this great chase sequence where they like you know he puts up a good fight mm-hmm. uh, the traps that actually gives gives a few blows and right. licks and and it ends with um, Daredevil jumps him and they fall down a flight of stairs into a subway and he throws out his back. <laughs> he does. And <laughs> right before that happened, uh, he'd been eliminating some of the, or, you know, taking off the those discs. Those discs mm-hmm. So it would kind of, you know, you know, go down to the ground. But Daredevil used his perfect balance. Oh, yeah. He says, trust me. Yeah, I know yeah trust me. Time. He's like, you're going to have to stop fighting me right now so I can land this thing with my, <laughs> uh, my surfboard type of balance <laughs> on the top of the anti-gravity. Fantastic. Um, so he takes out the trapster but falls onto the uh, onto off of the platform in the subway and rolls under and I, I couldn't I don't think it says it in the, the dialogue but it shows it in the image that a train must be going by or something because if everything becomes really shaky and right. Daredevil is either in pain or a train's going by and he's really confused and his like senses are a bit wonk but he knows that the police have got the trapster yeah. so he's taken off and then he hears some footsteps, some metallic footsteps coming down the tracks towards him and he thinks this can either be this can only be Iron Man maybe or maybe and they reveal and it's it's a fantastic ending. Oh yes. Love it. Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Yeah. We see, we see him in the very final panel and uh yeah. Doctor Doom is actually he's my favorite Marvel villain. Yeah. Hands down. Oh fantastic. Oh, I loved it. So we're going to be love talking Dr. about Doom. I him. can't wait to read the yeah. next few episodes. Uh, um, we did we, one thing we should also mention. Um, there was they reintroduced Deborah Harris. Oh yes, in uh, Deborah Harris issue thirty five or thirty six. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was first introduced back in the nine ten ten. I think mm-hmm. it was, um, but she could be a potential love interest Debbie for Foggy. Harris. Yeah, could be a could be a love interest yeah. for Foggy, which is going to add another. Another yeah. jab to the love triangle, yeah, the, uh, which the, could benefit the dodecahedron, Matt, the love dodecahedron. Now, it's yeah. um, the uh, Deborah Harris was uh, connected to the organizer mm-hmm. back when um, he had Birdman, Frogman, and she. And at Catman. this point, when she recontacts uh, Foggy, she just calls him out of the blue. She just got yeah. out of prison. He's just been offered a chance to run for district oh, attorney. Right. Yeah, and. Uh, and she phones <laughs> and says, hey, I've just been released. And he quickly says, well, I shouldn't be seen with a criminal and hangs up on her. But, but he's thinking the whole time, like, do I yeah, call her? Do I date her? Mm-hmm. Do, you know, if I, I want to be with her, maybe. But then would I be, would they want to, you know, hire or would they want me to run as district attorney if yeah. I'm associating myself with these criminals? my career? And Karen, meanwhile, is like, are you going to go after her? Yeah. It's almost What's like she plan? wants him to. Uh, and at this point, too, Foggy's doesn't even care about Karen anymore. Yeah. He never at one point says, well, but then there's Karen, too. Yeah. It's always, hmm, hmm. Deborah. We like Deborah some Debbie. Oh, my career. <laughs> um, Do they know that, that he would be a terrible district attorney based mm, off of what we know so much about Foggy? He's a good, apparently he's a good corporate lawyer. Okay. That's what they've kind of implied throughout this series so far is that he's very good at corporate stuff. And Matt's the more dynamic um, presence in the courtroom but but 
Foggy apparently is good at the details. Yeah. And he did help Daredevil three times, I think, take down the bad guys. Yeah, exactly. And that's in, in 36 issues, so yeah. that's not bad. Yeah. Once a year, he gets, uh, he gets a little, <laughs> gets a little yeah. punchy. <laughs> a little punchy. Um, the, the next podcast, because we realized that uh, Daredevil has started to bounce around more in the Marvel Universe at this stage, and we realized that there's a couple of appearances that we missed, so we're not going to go straight into Doctor Doom uh, until episode six. Mm-hmm. Episode five, we're going to do a quick run through of some of Daredevil's other appearances and some of the other books that he's been popping up in at this stage. And then when we come back for six, we'll be going through, um, there'll be some Daredevil, some Fantastic Four, and um, I think he makes an, an appearance in the Avengers, but <clears throat> we'll, we'll let you know for the episode when that's coming up. Uh, for now, do you... Yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah, we're to the to the question part where me and uh, Jamie try to stump each other yeah. with que- with a question from the reading material for this podcast. But before I do, we got another a uh, another great question uh, sent to us via our Facebook page, mm-hmm. and uh, this question comes from Ela, and the question is: Daredevil was part of the second wave of superheroes after Spider Man, Hulk, Avengers, etc. What did Daredevil bring into the universe that wasn't already achieved by the first wave? Perfect. Perfect question, especially considering the next episode we're going to be talking about his, uh, his place in the Marvel Universe. I think one of the things that he does all uh, up until now has been very cosmic. Everything has been very uh, large or very superpowered. Um, we touched on this in the idea of the villains that they bring in, and he is a human um, character. And he's got a fixed point, you know. He's they're, they're all fixed in this New York setting, and he's got his fixed point. Whereas the he's, he becomes known as like a street level hero, where he is kind of there um, being a human, and he is he's interesting in that he's kind of the flip side to Spider Man in a lot of ways. Spider Man is the kind of tragic someone who's been given all these powers and had so much taken away from him, whereas. Daredevil has had his sight taken away from him, mm-hmm. but has gained so much because of that. Yeah. And they even touch on that a lot where he talks about, like, if I get my sight back, will it take away everything else? The um, human element. You, you're, you, you're so right. Yeah, the human yeah. element is... Re- and it's really... It's, it's, it's good to see, like, this person coming in to remind you that this takes... But the, and one of the things that Marvel does really well is that they set it in the real world. They set it in mm-hmm. New York. They don't set it in Metropolis or Gotham. It's and, New York. And even though he's blind, he probably is the most relatable character Yeah, out of the whole bunch. I mean, you can't be Hulk. You yeah. can't be Thor. Mm-hmm. You, you can't shoot webbing and, and climb buildings. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they, you, you can fight, and you can have normal human strength. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can be a crime fighter if you find a red suit. Yeah. Yeah, I think the human... Uh, Although he is a, an incredible it, seamstress. So yes. <laughs> there, there is that. that takes him out. Um, I think that and the fact that he, he, he very quickly, almost in a comical way, he becomes known by... The, the, a lot of the characters um, have these... Like, he, they, like Spider-Man is, is considered an outcast by the public mm-hmm. you know he's he's um a lot of them are against him whereas daredevil is they love they love him they think he's great and a lot it seems like a lot of the characters like daredevil a lot of the, the fantastic four really like him mm-hmm. they're really into him spider-man kind of jokes around with him and is impressed but what you get a lot of is you get a lot of these voices 
from these different characters and the villains that are like, I'm kind of impressed with this guy. I'm kind of impressed with him being able to keep his own. And so it's kind of, it's a nice sense. I think it's, it, it removes that, that super element and brings right. it down to a human level, which helps engage. And, and the whole blind factor too. I mean, there wasn't very much diversity in comics back at that point. And definitely for, um, for uh, disabilities. Or yeah. For, for people with disabilities, it was cool to yeah. be able to actually cheer for, you know, a character yeah. that, uh, that was blind. And I remember reading, um, I don't remember where I read it, but Stan Lee, uh, said that, um, from the, I guess the blind community that, uh, they actually really liked how oh, Daredevil was, and, and, and they got a lot of praise from them. Yeah. Um, but anyways, great question, Ela. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to move on to the part where we try to stump each other. All right. I think Jamie. I've got a good one this All time. All right. Well, let, let, let me ask you first. Go for it. Because you asked me first on the last two. So, um, <clears throat> all right. Let's see. Matt is very fond of his acting performance uh, as Mike Murdoch. Mm-hmm. If they ever make a movie about him, he believes this actor would be the perfect person to portray himself on the big screen. Sir Alec Guinness. Oh. <laughs> I thought I would stump you on that one, oh. but because uh, he only says it one line, but I was he like, does. yeah. And I actually love that that whole, those, that couple of panels uh, where he's really talking about, you know, uh, man, I'm really liking playing these multiple people yeah. and it's just so much fun. Oh, they're going to make a movie about me one so- someday and they're going to get Alec Guinness to play the part. Yep. <laughs> he wasn't Sir back then, though. No, he was not. <laughs> he was just Alec Guinness. Just so Alec Guinness. You get a half point. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, my question is, and this is a little bit of a cheat. I was struggling to find a good question, but I think we, we, were, we find out um, Deborah Harris and Foggy went to the same high school. I junior remember, yeah, high school. Yeah. Do you remember the name of the junior high school? Oh boy, I remember the panel. This, they talk about it in the flashback mm-hmm. from issue ten and mm-hmm. ten and eleven. I remember the panel, and I remember her saying, "You know, oh, we went to high school, or we went." To, oh, dang it! I can't remember the name for the life of me. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's Fillmore Junior High. Fillmore Junior High. Yeah. I had to pick out one tough one because he kept uh, he kept referencing. The other question that I had was going to be, what was the college that he gave his... Uh, oh, that was a, a Carter... Uh, yeah. Carter... Uh, it was just Carter College, I think. Yeah, Carter College, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then from that same... I had another question for you in case that one got brought up. Um, the, uh, the same issue, the alien issue, Matt's giving the lecture. Oh, and by the way... I gotta say, when all when Matt shows up, all the ladies love him. Oh yeah, they all the college ladies are like, "Oh, lecture. I wasn't gonna go to this lecture, but dang, <laughs> look at this guy! I'm gonna go now." Uh, <laughs> uh, he's giving the lecture, and one of the ladies in the crowd goes, "He's so convincing, I um, I almost uh, believe that there are Bens." Mm-hmm. Do you know what B E M stood for? Bug-eyed monsters. Yes, bug-eyed monsters. <laughs> correct. <laughs> That's what uh, the local people in Carter call the aliens. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, great, great stuff. Uh, yeah. w- uh, once again, if you guys have any questions mm-hmm. or topics you'd like us to discuss, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, which is you can just search Joshua and Jamie Do Daredevil, or you can reach us on Twitter at our Twitter handle, JJ Do DD Podcast. At JJ Do DD Podcast. 
or you can shoot us an email at jandjdudd at gmail.com. Thanks again, Jamie. Had a blast. Looking forward to looking forward to doing the next one. Yeah. So I am Joshua. I am Jamie. And we just did Daredevil. All right.